Welcome to From the Shed End Podcast with myself as always T Dot and Theo. How you doing? Good, thanks. It's been a while. It's been a, a busy summer, I think, for for me, but not so much Chelsea in the transfer window. Um, I think I've mentioned it to you many times. I was I was not missing the football earlier on this summer, but given that we've got Premier League fixtures this weekend, I'm getting excited now. Excited but nervous, and that's how it always is as a Chelsea fan. But no, I'm, I'm not too bad. Thanks. And how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, like like yourself. You know, kind of. I think throughout the summer it was it was a lot. It felt like a long one because we we mm-hmm. normally have like a, a obviously we had the women's Euros, but we have like a a big big enough tournament in terms of men's football to to focus on. We did get that this year. So, um, but yeah, no, you know, apart from that, good. Um, kept myself busy. Good to be back. Um, so yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Not bad. Some transfers to talk about, but let's 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 do the. The usual stuff. If you're listening on Spotify, you'll notice obviously I've made an error. Theo's pointed it out. I've got to point it out now because I can see it's going to do my head in throughout the whole stream. But this is not episode 64. This is episode 65. We are back for another season, which is good. Um, and if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, smash the like button, let us know your thoughts in the comments as well. Um, let's get straight into it because I feel like we've we've got to. Um, let's talk about some transfers first of all, because I feel like we've I mean, Sterling, Raheem Sterling, Koulibaly um, are the two key ones that came through the door first before the the, the sort of the youngsters came through. The, we've signed three 18-year-olds in the past sort of four or five days. But talk to me about Raheem Sterling and Koulibaly coming in, who are, who are two key players, I think, this season. What's your thoughts on them coming in as Chelsea players? I think they're both statement signings, that's for sure. Um, Raheem Sterling, we saw what he's capable of doing when he do- he is given game time, um, whether that be internationally of England or at club level with Man City. And unfortunately for him, when he was at Man City, there was he was playing he was playing alongside uh, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, Leroy Sane before Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, so he couldn't play every single minute or every single game. And that's why I feel like at Chelsea, he will be one of those star players alongside maybe a Mason Mount or Kai Havertz. So I'm really excited to see him um, to see him at Chelsea. It's a player that I've really grown to respect along across the years, and I think he's really matured as a footballer as well compared to that player that we maybe we saw earlier on at Liverpool and when he was on loan at London uh, at QPR, sorry. And he is a London boy as well. There's that story of um, him kind of growing up, I think, in, in Brent, and he could see the Wembley Arc from his from his flat, and um, so he feels like he's coming back to the city where he grew up when his family still live. Um, and I do think maybe it's the player the closest that will that will get to 20 goals because that's what we we really lack we've lacked across the seasons that player that can get to 20 goals we thought that solution to that was Lukaku clearly wasn't second best was Mason Mount but I don't think he got 20 goals maybe he did in all competitions I can't remember the exact number but he can potentially play as a false nine as a winger he's quite versatile and he was fantastic at the Euros last summer we need to remember that as England fans he was fantastic got us to the final in a way alongside maybe a Kane Koulibaly is the second kind of big signing. We we got 31 years old. Um, it almost feels like this one's come a bit too late, if I'm honest, because I know that we were linked to him in the summer of 2016 and he even admitted it, that he was in contact with Chelsea, but Napoli were quite reluctant to sell him at the time and he was still reluctant to sell him this window. But he's a great player. He's looked really sharp in pre-season, making some big blocks, big tackles, and he's taken a big kind of I don't want to say risk, but it's kind of big shoes to fill, or big kind of kit to fill, but he's taken a number 26 from John Terry with his permission. There's that famous video that's done the rounds on social media where he calls John Terry up 
in the back of a taxi and he gets his permission and his blessing, which is really nice to see. But no, I think probably the, I think in a couple earlier episodes, I said he was the defender alongside Delete that I really wanted to get to see a sign um, to replace Christensen and Rudiger. That being said, I still think we're short of a centre-back. We're definitely still short of a centre-back, but remaining positive, those two players that we just mentioned, I think are fantastic signings. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to agree. I think, you know, in terms of uh, Raheem Sterling, we know what he's, we know what he's about. And I feel like with this window, we've kind of gone, which I'm I'm glad we've done this, but we've kind of gone for that Premier League experience. Take away Koulibaly for a minute, but in terms of who we've tried to sign, in terms of Rafinha, um, we, we look at um, Nathan Ake, another one that we tried to sign as well. Potentially Gabriel Jesus' last-ditch attempt to try and hijack that deal. So I feel like we've kind of gone in with this idea that we need to get players that have played in the Premier League before. And I think Raheem Sterling is one of those players that, you know, I think when Jack Grealish came in, it kind of signaled the end for Raheem Sterling. You just knew that he wasn't going to get as much game time. World Cup coming up, he wants to play as many games as possible. And like you said, he can play across the whole front three. You know, he can play right, left, down the middle. Um, We have lats goals and we've said that on how many occasions on here before so to see someone that we know can score goals and could create chances as well which is another thing that yes we've had Timo Werner you know in spells he's done that Kai Havertz in spells has done that Hakim Ziyech the off chance will do that but to have someone consistently doing it throughout the season um, you know I think is is something that we've, we've lacked so I'm kind of glad we've signed him I think 27 the age that he is I mean, that's, you know, he, he's definitely still got years in the tank. And, and I think that's something that, again, you know, it is a bit, I feel like it's a bit of a risk because the, the expectation I think for Sterling is that he is going to get that 15 to 20 goals and he might not necessarily get that. But at the same time as well, as long as he, as long as he creates the chances, he, he you know, if we, I don't mind who scores the goals, I suppose mm. is what I'm saying, as long as someone's scoring them, if it means that Raheem ends up with 10 assists or 15 assists, but, you know, Kai Havertz gets the 15 to 20 goals. I don't really, I don't, I don't mind as long as, you know, the front three are on the same page and they're working together. Um, you know, I think, I think it will work, you know, and I think the fact, like you said, you know, he's come back from, you know, grew up up north, you know, he's been at Liverpool for how many years um, and, and then gone to Manchester City to come back to London. It's probably the right time for him. And I think he said that himself that, you know, he, he, he couldn't have moved at an earlier point in his career because of this like loads of distractions and he's now settled he's got a family you know he wants to be back closer to his own family as well so it, you know, it makes sense I hope it works out from what I've seen of him at pre-season he looks sharp which is good um, let's hope he can carry that on but Koulibaly I, I mean what I mean for me what a player you know what a player I do kind of agree with you that we've signed him slightly late but then I do think in defence you can kind of get away with that as well I think you know we've seen it with Thiago Silva we've, we've seen it with many other centre-backs across different teams and leagues that you know they can play as long as they keep themselves fit which there's a question mark about that around Koulibaly but as long as they keep themselves fit enough they can play on you know till 34 35 but even in the pre-season game um, Udinese he looked he looked really good you know I was really impressed with him um yeah, you know, there's not much to say. I mean, I can't even criticise because we we need centre-backs. So, you know, if we, if it's Koulibaly, it's Koulibaly. Um, I want to talk quickly about um, some of the signings that we, in, in that sort of position that we missed out on. But um, one of them, first of all, is Rafinha, who it almost looked like, I mean, Fabrizio Romano, 
gave us, I'm pretty sure he gave us the here we go, or he gave us a close two as a here we go for, for Rafinha. Um, missing out on him, is that, is that a big loss for us? Do you think, do you think we, we've, we are going to struggle? Um, I would assume he potentially would have played on the right side of that midfield. Obviously with Hakim Ziyech potentially moving over to AC Milan, but do you feel like that's a massive loss for us that we, we missed out on that deal? Yeah, I think if you actually go back to episode 64, um, we actually almost confirmed that we were about to sign him and it looked like we were in the clear to sign him. But um, no, he's a fantastic player. He was playing at a very poor Leeds team. We have to remember that. But I think his, his stats and his, his numbers were pretty impressive given um, the kind of poor quality that was around him. But I don't think it's that that of a miss that, we've, that we, we missed out on him. I mean, it wasn't an urgency, the position to strengthen. He's a winger. I think what we really needed was maybe a striker at the time or centre-backs or maybe wing-backs, but not a, another winger, especially that we just signed Raheem Sterling or at the time we're about to sign him. I think it was more of a question of he wants to leave. He was he, Decker was entertaining Chelsea's offers, potentially his agent being Decker. So I think that's what kind of maybe got our hopes up. Um, but now that's almost a month later, I'm not that fuss that we've missed out on him even though I think he's got a cracker in, pre- in pre-season against Madrid but um, but no I think there's plenty more players that we can still unlock something out of we've still got Ziyech and Pulisic they've been they've been at Chelsea for two three seasons now and we still haven't really seen their full potential I believe this could be their breakthrough season um, but I think had we signed Sterling and Rafinha one or maybe the two of those players would have left for sure so mm. it's uh, I guess but then again, like I always say, I trust Tuchel, the players he wants to bring in. And had he want, did he want to bring in Rafinha? He probably had a vision for that player, the position that he wanted to play, a system that would have suited him. So we'll see. Mm. No, I, I do agree. I think, uh, I mean, look, Rafinha's a really good player. I think he's someone that does need to go and, and test himself at a big club, you know, like Chelsea or whoever. But I think when Barcelona come knocking, especially if you're, you know, a South American player or whatever, you know, it is the place to go. You know, we've seen it. You know, I'm sure. I think I read somewhere he, one of the reasons he went there was because of uh, Ronaldinho, who you know I'm sure he looked up to as a as a child. So um, I get it. You know, I get the move, and I, I do feel like in some ways we were just that sort of you know um, the bait to use used as bait to try and get the deal done with Barcelona. Same with Dembele. You know, a lot of clubs have done that. Delete done it as well. He was going to move on to afterwards. But, you know, a lot of these players seem to have just used the fact that they knew that we needed players. They knew that we were potentially interested. They were flirting with us slightly, but didn't really have the intention to to sign. And that's fine. I mean, you know, we've, I, I think, if we can get the best, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying in terms of, uh, I think you just said Hakim Ziyech, maybe Timo Verne just mentioned their second seasons, but I think this is the real season for, if we if we keep both of them, they've got to deliver because... Pulisic as well, the three of their players, yeah. They've got to, because I think yeah, this is now, we're, we're talking about three years almost, or three seasons at a club, and we haven't really seen a good peak, or we haven't seen, you know... Consistency. Any, or just, yeah, or an increase in, in, in quality. And you'd expect to see that in a player, especially, you know, the, the age that they are, you know, they're relatively at that age where they can improve or they should be improving, but we're not seeing that. And I think, you know, the fact that clubs are willing to take, you know, I think RB Leipzig are interested in uh, Timo Werner, AC Milan are interested in Hakim Ziyech. You do kind of wonder, you know, it not is their time over. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see them leave the club, but if it means that, you know, we're, we're bringing in players of, better quality and they have to move on then so be it but I just think if they don't hit this season 
the ground running this season, it, you know, could spell, um, you know, end of their time at Chelsea. What, what What's your thoughts? No, 100%. I completely agree. Um, I think we said the same about Timo Werner last summer. We said we need to give him another season. Yeah, he showed glimpses of promise around maybe April time. But otherwise, he hasn't really done much. He hasn't shown that string of consistency that makes you want to keep him in a team each week. The same can be said about Pulisic and Ziyech. And um, even looked like Ziyech at one point was about to sign for AC Milan. There's still time in the transfer window for him to sign for AC Milan. And even when we travelled to Udinese, I spotted he was the only player with a suitcase, almost like he was about to, to stay there for a medical. But um, but no, I think it is now or never. There's a World Cup in um, in November, December. These players will want game time. I don't think Thomas Tuchel can maybe promise them game time. So another reason for why they may be entertaining offers from other leagues or teams where they will get that game time. But all I know as a Chelsea fan is we can't afford to drop points like we did during periods of last last season or play, have players not perform consistently to the level that we expect them to. So I'd give them at even six months potentially. If they don't show that level, get them out in January and bring someone else in like Liverpool did with Diaz, which was proved to be a brilliant signing. So there is that opportunity to get players in in January to replace them. But I still want to give them a bit more time. I like I get an emotional attachment to players as well. So it's always sad seeing them leave quite quickly. But I do agree. It kind of feels like now or never. Yeah, I think it's going to be a test in time. I, I do think there's still more twists in the tail in terms of mm. transfers that are coming in. And I, I, the way the, the fact that, you know, two clubs now have been in, in, interested in Timo Werner, um, that story of uh, Hakim Ziyech, AC Milan seems to have quieted down, but there's still, like you said, plenty of time for that to resurface and, you know, come back to light. But delete another player that we both were very, very... Um, ambitious about trying to sign and, and hopefully we're going to get over the dotted line. It felt like we were kind of the, very close. Um, but again, you know, a big club by Munich coming for you. You can't really say, you, you can't really turn them down. Um, I mean, we, we missed out on a, a big side and we've got to be honest. I mean, the age that he is, 20, 22, I think 23, you know, years ahead of him. Brilliant defender now. So you can only imagine in five years, um, what what that what that would look like, but missing out on on delete and obviously Christensen moving on, Antonio Rudiger moving on, Milan Sar looks like he's almost almost going to Monaco now as well. So yes, we brought in Kulabali, we still have Thiago Silva and uh, Trevor Chalobah. You would assume are your main three at the moment. And has, Padu. has peace still here for now? <laughs> well, I'm going to get onto him. <laughs> I, 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 I left him out for a reason. Yeah. Um, Ampadu, which I think I read last night, late last night, he might be heading back to Italy. La Spezia, I think. Yeah, on a and this is on a permanent, I think, as well. So my question to you is, should we lose Aspilicueta and Marcus Alonso, which is very likely with the way Barca have been moving in this transfer window? Um, if we lose both of them, and I think we've valued, now I, I need to get this correct, but I think we've valued both of them at 25 million for the pair, which seems a bit odd to me, but if we valued them at 25 million, Barca stum up the cash somehow, they get the money, they they sell, I don't know, a couple of extra seats, in, which they seem to be trying to sell literally everything that's owned by Barca to third companies. But if they can gather the cash together and they we, we lose both of them, um, I mean, another red flag at centre-back, surely, because we, we're losing... Um, you know, arguably someone who can fill in at right centre-back. Reese James can obviously play there. 
what happens? Because, I mean, we, we, we were kind of in a position with Carl Walker-Peters and Cucurello from Brighton who were coming in. Both can play centre-back as well. I think Carl Walker-Peters, I think, might be able to play right centre-back or maybe put James at right centre-back. But what 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 do we do? Because, I mean, it's, it's not looking good at defence for us at the moment. I mean, and the season kicks off in three days. Yeah, it's just... Seems very messy. We're almost linked with more departures than we are with players. Um, I think if we lose Alonso, we still need to remember we've got Emerson. We've got, we've got Chilwell. We've got Emerson. We've got Kennedy. And it looks like we're linked to Cucurella as well. Um, as P, if we lose him, it seems like we're linked to Fafana. I know how much West Ham rate him. Um, not West Ham, sorry. Leicester rate him. They want 80 million for him. And they're capable so of getting that. going to buy 85 now. So. 85. And you saw that. Yeah. When with Maguire, they managed to sell him for 80 million, so they did sell their players cheap. They, um, they'll probably get the 80 million from us or 85 million. It's it's just very confusing. I think the ones I really want to keep hold with are the youngsters that I feel have big, big potential the likes of Ampadu, the likes of Colwell, players that I think if you give them the chance in the first team, like we gave Chalaba last season, they will perform, they will, they will deliver, especially Ampadu. He's so versatile, he can play all across that back line, CDM, midfield. And maybe we're entertaining this offer from Italy because he performed quite well at um, Venezia last last season. Yeah. Italian clubs are probably interested in his profile. He probably has the ability to speak the language better now mm. and adapt in the country. But he's a player that I think would thrive in his Tuchel system. He's so versatile. And we keep mentioning the fixture pileup and the cow is going to be such a congested season. We're going to have to rotate. We won't have a choice. There will be injuries. We never know. There might be another spike of COVID. Players will catch COVID. They'll be in and out of the team. So we must keep him. He's a player that we can't afford to lose. Aspin Alonso, I feel like he almost said they were they were saying their goodbyes towards the end of last season. So I think it was expected them to leave, if anything, earlier in the window. But I'm almost just sick of having to deal with Barcelona now. It's, I think, <laughs> and even Chelsea. Chelsea feels sick. Like We haven't even mentioned his name, but Jules Koundé was another player we missed out on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that transfer saga, I think we both kept quiet on Twitter because it was doing our heads in. I even muted yeah. the word Kunde for a bit because it was linked to Chelsea, linked to Barcelona, linked to Chelsea, linked to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think Cucurella, Fafana, if we get those two in and lose out, lose um, Alonso and Aspi, then it won't be the end of the world. It's a good, it's a good switch. It's, I mean, mm. you know, Aspi, I think for, for the experience, I'd like to keep him because I think he's he's one of those players that he understands what Tuchel wants from him straight away. He's obviously, like I said, he's been at the club for you know how many years now and he's he's won pretty much in fact he has won literally everything he can possible um for foreigners a, a, a good one i like for mm. and um i read earlier we, we're we're ready to to pay two hundred thousand a week eight, 85 million which i think you know going rate i suppose for a center back um although i think he's in the last year of his contracts is he not um now i don't know again if i'm correct on that but if he is it's, it's a, a lot, lot of money, money. It's a lot of money for you in your last contracts, but it goes back to what I said to someone off, off camera. Um, I feel like our recruitment, this window has been very sporadic and very sort of unprepared, mm. no no plan. And I feel like clubs now have, have realised to the point where at the point where they can almost say and demand what they want. And we're in a position where we go, well, okay, we've got the money. Clubs know we've got the money. And, we're having to almost bow down to the demands because we know we need the players as well. So 85 million, if that's what it is, then I think we're at that point now because the season kicks off in four, five days, three days. Um, 
we're at that point where we really need to just say, yeah, okay, no problem. Because we could end up in that position, which we've been speaking about for four, three, four years and end up with loads of deadwood in three years time because we panic bought, you know, the lot, the next two seasons or next two windows. So uh, 85 million for Western for fun. It's a lot of money, but we're at that point. If we do lose Aspie, um, we haven't got a choice. Now, Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been mentioned as part of the deal to bring Wesley Fofana in, which I'd assume would bring down the 85 million. I think I said a few episodes ago that Ruben Loftus-Cheek had a, he was almost at a crossroads. And I think you said at the time, you know, we should keep him cup cup games. And I saw, you sort of talked to me around, you sort of made me Mm. see a bit of sense, but I think that move would be really good. If we got, if we got Fofana and Ruben Loftus-Cheek goes to, um, Leicester, I think that'd be a really good move for him. I think he'd be able to to shine in a team that the expectation isn't to try and win the league or try and get, you know, the Champions League or whatever. It's just almost you're at Leicester, you can shine and be be a player. What what would you think about that as a swap deal? Um as part of the deal? Because I know I know, like you just said, you know, the attachment you get to, yeah, to players, yeah. especially especially the Cobham graduates as well. Yeah, and he was one I think we, every single Chelsea fan, thought he'd be the, the next Lampard or the next Balak. Yeah, so yeah. it would be a real shame to see him go, especially seeing that he never really picked up on his form after that um, that terrible injury in, um, in that mm-hmm. friendly in the US. I think he's still got a plot, part to play at Chelsea, like you just echoed what I said in the previous episode, the cup games. I think we even saw him at right wing back occasionally last season. Quite a versatile player. Preseason, he's played there. He even scored in preseason a nice little chip, I think. Um, I do. I don't. I still. I'm still very confused as to if Tuchel rates him or not. It's quite a confusing one because if Tuchel really rated him, he'd be in the team every week ahead of maybe a out of form Kante and out of form Jorginho. But instead, he's kind of, you know, on the periphery, kind of not playing every week, playing the odd game when other players are injured or out with COVID. I still think he's got a part to play, but like you said, I just know that if he was to go to a Leicester or even back to Palace, he's been linked yeah. to a loan move back to Palace, then he would thrive. Yeah. He would do really, really well. He'd be the main man there. He would he would do very well alongside a Tillemans or a, a Madison and less expectations as well to win the league or get top four, but more just his ability to play his football, get that game time he needs. Maybe even for him, get, get back into the England team. He may be yeah, thinking yeah. of that. So it may be one that works for, for all parties, but... The emotional attachment to me is just too strong to loft his cheek. I'd rather give them a Batshuayi or a Ross Park instead. <laughs> Listen, I don't think I don't think we're going to get rid of him. I think, <laughs> the, I think he'll be at the club even as a free transfer. He'll yeah. still be there. We're releasing him. He'll still turn up at Cobham. Uh, um, Lamp- Lampard's Lampard wants them at Everton. I think I read. I think um, it's died down. I think. Uh, it, yeah, I read that. And um, who are Barkley as well? Was yeah. another one. Billy Gilmore is one that I think will end up. At Everton I think he's I think he's destined for another loan which is unfortunate mm. because he again you know watching the pre-season games that he's, he's featured in I think it was maybe the second Udinese game there was one on a Saturday which is weird it was like um you know beating behind closed like, doors yeah behind closed doors and he I mean he's brilliant Billy Gilmore mm. you know it's a shame that he's got players ahead of him that are starting ahead of him because I think if they weren't there he'd be a player that you just yeah. have to put on every game you know he's one of those sort of players but um there is two players i want to mention that we've signed as well and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna start with the easier name first pronounce <laughs> yeah, so and I, I might even mess this one up so forgive me but gabriel slelina 
I think is the the Chicago Fire goalkeeper that we've signed, 18 years old. I don't really know much about him, I'm going to be 100% honest. I just, I've watched a few clips. Um, I've seen a lot of Chicago Fire fans over the last 24 hours literally say, Chelsea fans, you don't know what you're getting. He's a brilliant goalkeeper, you know, treat him, whatever, and all that stuff. And they've said, they've, they've raved about him. And, you know, the fact that we've we've signed him, it does feel like a Todd Bowley sign. And I'll be honest, I feel like, you know, <laughs> It, it must be because I don't. I can't imagine Thomas Tuchel's been scouting in America. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but um, could this signal the end for Kepa, who we know is, we said, we've both said it's too good to be a number two. Napoli looked like they're almost ready to get a loan deal done, although we're paying three quarters of the wages yeah. apparently or something. So great deal bad, for Napoli, isn't it? Bad deal, bad deal for us though. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Because I mean, World Cup coming up. Kepa obviously wants to try and you know cement himself in that in that World Cup squad. I think, like similarly to you, I'll be honest. I've never watched Gabriel Slanina play. He's 18 years old. We've loaned him back to Chicago Fire until 2023, which I think is when the MLS season finishes. Yeah, yeah. it feels very similar to when we signed um, Thibaut Courtois from Genk, um, Genk, yeah. Genk, and we we then loaned him back for a season, then loaned him to Atletico. Um, that it worked out in the in the way it kind of felt we got the best out of Petacek for a few more seasons until Courtois was ready to play for first team football for us. Um, I wouldn't trust an eighteen year old in goal for us yet, um, especially I haven't watched him properly play. But if Kepa goes on goes out on on loan for a season, I think there's the African Cup of Nations. I can't mm. remember if it's been changed. Same. It's, it's, is it, I think it's in the summer now as well. It might have changed, which is good for us because that means we get Mendy for a whole season. But um, I was going to say, we're still going to need a keeper for the cup games. We haven't really seen enough yeah, of Bettinelli. True. We haven't seen enough of Bettinelli to, to kind of think, is he good enough to be our number two? But if we get, if Kepa goes out on loan, it's almost like we need to bring someone else in, I feel. Yeah, well, that was my second question. I mean, it's, it's all in good, uh, you know, Selenia... Slenina is coming in um, in January, but that's, I mean, that's four or five months away. You know, we need someone, you know, for whatever reason, you know, Mendy picks up a, an injury that keeps him out for, you know, six to eight weeks or whatever. You know, who's going in goal? So I, I feel like we do need to I either keep Kepa until January, which would, for me would be the most logical thing you would do. You'd keep it, at least keep Kepa until January, loan him out to Napoli, you know, come, you know, Christmas, whatever the case may be. Whether Kepa wants to do that or he, he wants he to go on. He yeah, won't because he, 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 he wants to play for Spain at the World Cup or at least be in the squad. I reckon. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm, just, I'm being selfish. I'm being yeah. selfish. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got to bring in a second goalkeeper. Um, we've, we've been there before. You know, we go back to, I think when Hilario was almost classed as number one because of the, the injuries, I think maybe at the Could time she had check and Kudicini. So, you know, um, yeah, we can't we can't go down that route. We can't be that stupid um, either. But I'm looking forward to seeing Slenino eventually when we do get to see him, whether that's in a cup or, you know, in a couple of years, or, which, you know, I think we've brought him for, for that reason, you know, to, to um, you know, we, we tend to do quite well with goalkeepers. So I'm assuming that recruitment's been done and we will see him in the next couple of seasons. But the other player that we have signed, I'm going to put my teeth in for this I'll one. Let, I'll let you make the effort here. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. I, I, yesterday I called him Chucky and I feel like that should be his, his nickname for now. Or just call him Dave again. If we get rid of Aspilio Quetta, we can just call him Dave. But I'm going to say Chokwemenka or Chokwemenka. 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 Yeah. I'll, yeah, I think that's Chucky. about it. Carney, Chucky. let's call him Carney. 
Carney. Carney. <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, I watched him for the for the uh, under seventeens. I think it was in the Euros in the sub. That that was one tournament I did watch throughout. And um, brilliant player. Now he's a brilliant player because of he's playing amongst players his own age at that point. But he has played the odd Premier League game, I think, for Aston Villa. He's obviously played a lot, you know, during the cup games as well. He's a really good player. And if he can develop and adapt that into a team, which Thomas Tuchel's already said he's he's signed to play in the first team, he's not going into the development squad. He's he's in the, the squad for, for the next, you know, however many months. Um, we've got a player on our hands because he can play, you know, I think the six, you know, he can play eight, he can play ten. Um, he's powerful, he's strong, he's fast, he's good with his feet. Um, he knows how to pick out a good pass as well. But I don't know if you know much about him or if you've you've been able to sort of pick up on certain games that he might have featured in. Yeah, I mean, the first time I think I saw him was when we played Aston Villa in the Cup, the League yeah. Cup at Stamford yeah. Bridge. I think it was 1-1, then he went to penalties and he played in midfield for Aston Villa. I don't know if he was 17 at the time or he just turned 18, but he was impressive, really, really impressive. He dominated midfield and... Villa probably unlucky to not to win that game in 90 minutes because they were they look quite threatening at some point. Um, I think he saw 12 appearances for Villa last season across all competitions. Links to AC Milan, Borussia Dortmund, Barcelona. Clearly, he's in demand. So he's got to be a talent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they want everyone. <laughs> yeah, finally, yeah. maybe Barcelona were just mentioned because we we were mentioned as well. So they kind of go hand in hand now. Those two teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think. Last summer, reading like a Premier League kind of preview magazine, and he was in the one to watch kind of youngsters. So yep. it seems like we've got a real talent. I think it's a six six year contract, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. I think we've got a decent price as well, eighteen million. Regardless of what happens yeah. in the next few years, that price will go up. Whether he goes out and learn, whether he gets he goes into the first team. So um, it kind of came out of nowhere as well. We were never kind mm. of linked to him. And all of a sudden, I just looked at my phone, and it was the Chelsea fifth stand application. We've signed Cardi. Chuku, <laughs> Chucky. Um, so yeah, really one of those players I'm really excited to watch grow. I know it may it may take a bit of time, um, mm. but again, a bit kind of confusing for other midfielders that we've got in the squad, like Gilmore, like um, potentially Loftus Cheek. What does it mean for them, especially if he's going to come straight into the team? So, but nevertheless, excited. Yeah, and I, I always I always keep thinking, you know, we've got the five subs, we've got those conge- congestions in the in the fixture list as well, uh, October and April, injuries, COVID, if it ever comes back and it's a, a massive talking point in football again. So I, I kind of get it and I know we've been screaming for, for depth, so I'm hoping it comes with that quality that we've also been screaming about, which I feel like we, we're kind of trying to get there. Um, one other player in midfield that we have now been almost heavily linked with as well, which has been the talk of topic for pretty much every week and every day since the season ended is Frankie de Jong, who was very close to signing or may still sign for Manchester United. But from what Fabrizio Romano, again, um, many other sort of reliable sources has, has come out and said that we, um, we're, we're, we're in discussions, we're talking, you know, between the clubs and player agents, etc. Now he can play CDM. I mean, he's not, necessarily a CDM but he can play there and we kind of do need someone who can fill in that role as well um what's your thoughts about him because he's he's someone that obviously needs to technically leave Barcelona if he, and, unless he wants to take a wage cut I think or you know he's, he's got to sort of leave so they can bring out and, and register some of these players that they've signed what's your thoughts on De Jong because he, he's he's obviously more likely to turn up yeah he wants to go to Chelsea as opposed to United so what do you think 
Yeah, I mean, his future is really up in the air at the moment at Barcelona. I think I read they can't afford to keep him because they can't pay his wages, but they also mm. can't afford to sell him because they owe him two years it's worth of wages yeah, yeah. from the, the, the pay cut he took during COVID or the delayed postponement of his wages. So I think that they need to kind of just push him out and try to sell him and maybe get Chelsea to pay that part of his wages that they were missing. They haven't been able to pay him. But... Um, no, like you said, quite versatile across midfield. We do need to plan ahead for the future in midfield because I think this is probably the last season of maybe Jorginho and Kante together that we'll get. I think one of the two of them will definitely leave like next summer, especially if we want to get a decent amount of money for one of the two of them. And I feel like this is all the players that we've been linked with this window, or a large majority of them, and those two 18-year-olds we've just signed, it almost feels like we are planning for the future. We are planning for the future. And that decide that we... We may be getting rid of some dead wood. I still hope Bat- Batuai, Barkley, Baba Rahman, <laughs> Miaska, they all depart. So um, no, it'd be a good signing. But again, I think maybe it will be a ludicrous amount of money that Barcelona may want. I don't know if we can maybe tempt them with Aspilicueta or Alonso as part of the deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not a big history of Dutch players at Chelsea, other than maybe Robert, Robin and Bularu. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, yeah, it's a good point. Um, mm-hmm. trying to think, was Bogard, yeah, yeah, I think he was, uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right, there's not, there's not many. And I think, I, I suppose, my only worry about De Jong, brilliant player, I don't want to mm-hmm. criticize and say he's not. I just, I think we're signing him due to the circumstances, if that makes sense. We're signing yeah. him because he needs to leave, but we don't necessarily want him. Um, he probably wasn't first choice for Thomas Tuchel. And I just think, are we signing him just because Barca need to get him off the books and, and he's available? If that's the case, then maybe for a season, 100% he does a job or, you know, two seasons. But I can just imagine he was not top of Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm as crazy as it sounds, maybe a Declan Rice is maybe top of Thomas Tuchel's list. But, um, and especially the way we've been going in terms of trying to sign, you know, Premier League proven players, then you'd probably say Declan Rice in that midfield. But I've, I, my, my worry still is in our attack. I, I don't, mm, I don't really, I just don't see where the goals are coming from. And I, I watched the preseason games, and I don't know if you got to see many of them or you know catch up on some of the sort of games the day after. But they were just, it was just there was nothing going forwards. I mean, we were making the odd chance, but I mean, if we went, if we went into a season and bear in mind we got Everton first game then Spurs I think leads three tough games and I think I said when the fixtures came out oh they're quite easy but if we're playing the way we're playing with no real striker no one that's really going to score goals then it's a worry it's a massive worry yeah no I completely agree and when I I think we said what should be our priority for the summer it should be getting in a number nine who can get you those 20 goals which was Lewandowski which we really missed out on I don't see where the goals are going to come from from the squads. We're going to put a lot of pressure on Mount, Havertz and Sterling. And realistically, those players will get you maybe 15 to 20 goals, but not above 20, I feel. And then we'll have to rely on the wing-backs again. Jorginho penalties. Jorginho penalties. <laughs> and, but, but going back to De Jong as well, I feel like, like you said, it's the circumstances that I feel are pushing us to sign in. Because in midfield right now, we've got Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho, Gilmore, who's still in the, in the squad. Gallagher. Gallagher, Loftus-Cheek, mm. and this this new 18-year-old Chucky. So Yeah, and, and throw, um, throw Ampadu in there. Throw Ampadu in there. Yeah. It's, 
eight players, so I don't really see how all of them are going to be happy with game time with getting minutes on the pitch. So the move doesn't really make sense from a position perspective, but circumstances seem to really be pushing maybe Tuchel and Chelsea to try to sign him. The only thing I can think as well is, 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 is Thomas Tuchel thinking of a formation change. Um, four, four at the back and add in an extra minute. Yeah, because I think he did that in some of the pre-seat. I can't remember which game it was, but I'm sure he might have been the Udinese game as well. And I think we played four at the back. And I, I just I just think, is he, is he realising now that he doesn't have the the luxury to play three centre-backs every game, week in, week out, mm. as he did before, regardless of whether Fafana comes in or not, he still maybe doesn't trust playing those three centre-backs and the two wing-backs. Um, you know, Chilwell, I, I mean, Chilwell's not going to be fully fit maybe up until maybe after Christmas in my in my books. He, he just doesn't, I mean, I watched him again pre-season and he just, you know, it's, an injury like that, it's going to take you months to get back to the heights of, you know, before the injury at Juventus. So I just can't see him hitting the full heights and maybe that's why we're pushing for, for Cucurella to come in as well. Um, to, to, especially if we lose Alonso, you'd potentially maybe think Kennedy might go on loan somewhere as well. But I just think going forward, our attackers, yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's, what, 29 days till the, the window shuts. Things can happen. Um, yeah, it's just, who do we go out and get? I mm-hmm. think is the, the big question. Two other players we haven't even mentioned, Hudson Odoi and Broja, Armando Broja. Are, are, yeah, what, are, yeah, they, yeah. are they still going to be here come September? Yeah, I mean, yeah. alone maybe for Broja. I know he's been linked permanently with a move to West Ham. Hudson Odoi, another player where you feel like he needs to step up. I know he's still very young when he's kind of the pressure was put on him very, very early, but he does have that potential, but we haven't really fully seen it consistently. So another player that you feel that if he is given the opportunity to play, he needs to really show that he's worked, you know, he needs to be in the team every week. So I think almost our squad feels very slim, but also very, very wide with a lot of depth. And it's quite confusing for us Chelsea fans because I don't think any of us can predict what the lineup's going to be. On Saturday, <laughs> I, I, to, to be fair, I wasn't going to ask because I, I yeah. think it's a very it's an unfair question to ask anyone at the moment. But um, one question I did want to ask is, um, and I've had this conversation again offline with other other Chelsea fans, but it feels like there's a divide in terms of who is who is not to blame. I think that's the wrong word, but who is the the driver bef- behind getting these transfers done? Obviously, we've lost Marina Granitskaya, we've lost Bruce Bark, Petacek, that sort of you know, recruitment strategy, the, the structure of how we do our recruitment has now sort of changed and shifted because of, you know, Todd Bowley coming in. Um, do you feel that a lot of the blame in terms of some of the, the, the signings that we missed out on comes down to the fact that Todd Bowley is now in that sort of director of football capacity as well as the owner? No one's sort of sitting underneath him to do that sort of job that he potentially should be giving to someone else. Um, or do you feel like Thomas Tuchel should be doing more? I mean, I, 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 I'll, I've got my answer, but I'll let you answer first. I, I think Tuchel, no blame should be put on Tuchel, if I'm completely honest. Um, and I also think it's very hard for us to kind of judge this situation because we don't know what's happening behind closed doors and yeah, those deals 100%. that we did, all those deals that we missed out on, the likes of um, Rafinha, Jules Kunde, possibly Lewandowski. I reckon all three of those players just saw the kind of historic appeal of playing for Barcelona and wanted to join that club over Chelsea. So I think it's nothing we could have done in that situation. And that goes back to you want a player that wants wants to play for Chelsea, that wants to play for the badge and what the club represents, not a player that says, okay, I'll play for Chelsea because I was rejected by Barcelona. 
type of, you know, it's, you want that mentality of a player that's only has Chelsea in mind, which is what mm. felt like when we signed Silva and I think Lampard called him and said, I want you in my team. Same when Mourinho called up Cesc Fabregas and Diego Costa and drew, drew them the team. Those were players that felt like believed in the manager's vision and they wanted to play for Chelsea. I think a lot of those players we were linked to this summer was just almost like we need players in those positions. Can we try to sign them? But it, like you said, they felt there was no clear strategy or or vision. And I think that's maybe where you put the blame on Bowley, but definitely not Tuchel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think... It's a, it's a, I shouldn't even ask a question because it's a, t- mm. a difficult one to answer. Yeah. Um, and I, I did answer at one point and say that, you know, we're not in a room. We're not around the table. We don't know what's being discussed. We don't know what. I mean, what I would probably say is that I don't think any, oh, I can't put a lot of that blame on Thomas Tuchel for the simple fact that for me, his day-to-day job is to make sure that the team perform on the pitch. And yes, he has a, a duty to, you know, um, assist and negotiations and you know call the players or hold a meeting he did that i think with uh Ch- chucky i'm going to say chucky again but he did that with him um you know he, he showed him the vision he showed him what he wants the team to do and that sold it to him same for raheem sterling same for Kulabali. so i think thomas tuchel's doing as much as he can in terms of you know speaking to potential signings and getting them over the line but i think the fact that we don't have that um you know, the setup that Liverpool have, the setup that Man City have, or even Arsenal, you know, Arsenal have done really well this this window, even Spurs, you know, they've done really well. So you look at all those clubs who've got that recruitment strategy, um, maybe Liverpool and City more because it, it works well. They plan, you know, three years ahead, you know, and they, they I mean, Darwin Nunes isn't for me, isn't a player that they expect to hit the ground running this season. Give it two or three years, he'll probably be, you know, class as world-class because he's been at Liverpool under Klopp for, for that time. So, I think, and again, I don't blame Bowley. I've always said I can't judge Todd Bowley on this window. I think for me, this time next year is when we'll know 100% what the club, the direction we're trying to go in because, you know, Todd Bowley has just come in. The restrictions were, were still in place when he was he was sort of appointed. They got lifted. You miss out on key transfers. Rafinha was always going to go to Barcelona. I think if that was his destination, he was going to go there. Gabriel Jesus wanted to go and work with Mikel Arteta. Edu's the sort of director of football, I think, there anyway. So it kind of made sense for him to go there. Um, Lewandowski was just, yeah, I mean, I get why he went there as well. It would have been nice to have him, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, And you've got to think these players have got to be selfish as well because, you know, yes, the sanctions are lifted, but there's nothing to say that there can't be a curveball in six months to say that, you know, the players are I don't know, something could happen with, with Chelsea again. And I think players prob- probably avoided coming to Chelsea for that reason, because they'd seen the mess that we were in back in the last season and thought, well, you know, I'm going to be selfish. I want to look after myself. And, and So, so, so sign, sign for Barcelona instead and they can't, can't afford their wages. <laughs> yeah, touche. You've been right there. But, um, no, but but I no, get what you mean. I get what you, you know, mean. They, yeah. they just, they, I mean, Barca seem to be getting away with with anything at the moment but I just think you know if you like you said you know if you don't want to play for Chelsea then it, it, it you know it's one of those things you, you I'd rather a player um you know like Raheem Sterling who came out and said you know spoke to the gaffer the gaffer said he wants me to be you know an important role in the in the team and blah 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 that's what we need we need someone who wants to come out and say yes I want to play for the club and I want to win trophies and, and all the rest of it Koulibaly the same and, and some of the players that have come back as well you know I think Ampadu um Gallagher uh, Gilmore, they've all come back and said that, that you know Thomas Tuchel's been brilliant. He's, he's integrated them into the team um, and, and wants them to do well, whether that's at Chelsea or you know 
on a loan somewhere. So, you know, I think it's I think it's a difficult question and shouldn't really put anyone in that position. But I just wanted to get your views because it has sort of split the fan base, and some people are blaming Thomas Tuchel for for not acting um, in, in terms of getting a plan B if we don't get the plan A. But I feel like that should sit with the recruitment side of things, and that is for me isn't Thomas Tuchel's main role, but. Yeah, it, for me, as long as we get these signings, I don't care who's to blame or who's not to blame. Let's just get the signings in. Mm. Let's get the team ready for for Everton on Saturday, which is what we're going to move on to now. Um, big game, big game, big opening game. Um, I, hate, I hate this fixture. I hate this. Yeah, fixture. well, this is why it's a big game. Um, we don't have the best record at Goodison Park. Um, no, I don't think we have a really good opening day game uh, results. I'm thinking back to United, Burnley. Um, Swansea, 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 maybe Coventry years and years ago. Yeah. I think maybe. Um, we just don't have really good opening day games, and going to Goodison Park, Everton is a difficult, difficult game. Yes, they don't have Calvert Lewin, but and they have lost with Charleston. Um, what's your thoughts going into that game? It's just one of the. <laughs> Uh, when you said we don't have a good record at Goodison Park, I can tell you we haven't won there since April 2017. Uh, so, yeah. Like you mentioned, yeah. there's two, Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin, those two players that often do like to score against us. So maybe that will work in our favour. I haven't seen anything from either team in pre-season that makes me think they're looking good because I think Everton were, have been appalling as well mm. in pre-season. I think they lost 4-0 to and an MLS team as well. Minnesota? Minnesota, I think it was, yes. That being said, it's one of those ones where we could potentially play well, but Everton will snatch a 1-0 win um, mm. or like a bit like the fixture last season, we could be woeful and they'll win it 1-0. Um, I'm not too confident, if I'm honest. I think mm. I'm not confident as it stands for the season as, as entirely, but more particularly this this season, um, this fixture. Um Players that they've brought in, Everton, Tarkowski and McNeil. Good players at Burnley, but Premier League experienced as well. So, I don't know. I'm I'm quite nervous, really, really nervous for Saturday. And like you said, all those times that we've dropped points in the opening fixture, you just see all your rivals pick up the three points. It's agonising. It's horrible. It's a, it's a, psychology, it's a psychological thing as well. Because- yeah. You know, you start the season on the back foot, you're already three points behind, you know, a Liverpool or a City or, you know, Spurs, Arsenal, United, whoever. Um, I, I think it's going to be a difficult game based mm. on what I've, I've watched of Chelsea. Um, I haven't watched probably anything of Everton, but I just know their results. Um, but it's Everton. And I feel like one of the key things that they have and which worked for the back end of last season was the fans. You know, the fans almost become the 12th man, um, you know, get that team over the line. And I think they'll do that this season. I think what we saw at the back end of, um, you know, those last four, maybe five games that they had and they were outside the ground and flares and, you know, welcoming the team in. I think they'll do that now every every game. And I think that will just spur them on um, a little bit. Stadium ba- stadium bands now, I think, for if you get on the pitch or... Yeah, well, the yeah, so. ground should be empty at Goodison then. <laughs> all of them was on. I think it was yeah. Palace. It was all on the pitch then. But um, 
I, I think this is going to sound mad, but I think uh, I suppose the, the only thing we can really take from this is pro- probably get a draw. I yeah. mean, ideally, we should be going out to get the three points first game of the season. We we have the better team, regardless of the players that we've lost, and you know the the fact that we haven't really been the best at preseason. We've still got a better team, and <laughs> we should be winning this game. You know, hands down, this is you know they they have Deli Ali in the team, <laughs> and you know he'll score the winner now. He'll yeah, winner. that's going to come back to haunt me, isn't it? But uh, I think we should we we should win. You know, whether whether he goes for Brozier, whether he goes for Raheem Sterling, false nine, whether he tries to play Michibachi Wai and just give him the opportunity to show him what he can do in the league. I don't know. It's hard to I think it's hard to judge who's going to play on mm. on Saturday, but um, we just need to be defensively sound. And I think if it is Mendy in goal. Um, he can't make those mistakes that he done no. last time, and he he can't he has to improve. And I feel like he's declining, which is really weird for a goalkeeper. That doesn't that shouldn't happen as a goalkeeper. No. Um, so for me, Mendy has got to be one of the best players on the pitch, regardless of regardless of who scores for us. It doesn't matter because Everton will get they'll get chances, and they'll potentially score from them as well. So no, we've got to be yeah. careful of that. Mendy's been shaky, 100%, and he's one player that I think I call out a few times alongside even Pulisic and Havertz that need to step up this season. Yeah, yeah. All three very good players, but I feel like they've almost grown too much in confidence that they just they've, they've taken a step down and they need to, to improve. One thing before we wrap up that I want to say is I'm just worried that we we don't know what the starting eleven is going to be on Saturday. We don't know. There could be players yeah. like, like you mentioned, Broha that starts. There could be Alonso and Aspi in the starting eleven. Players that might not be there in a few weeks. And for me, that shows that we don't really have a clear vision or strategy yet, or we, we don't even know who's going to be in and out of the team. So maybe if those players that were just listed aren't in a the team, then that's in the case that they won't be there much longer. And we just go with the kind of the Chilwells, the Silvers, the Chilobas. It's it's going to be quite interesting to see our, our squad. But I think you mentioned Batshuayi. I don't think he'll be anywhere near the starting lineup. If I'm honest, well, this is it. We don't know. You know, we don't know. Um, I personally, well, before I ask you that, big up couch mm. critic. Um, you know, big up fellas. Always good to hear from hear from you. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's 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 a difficult one because we just don't know. I mean, who who would you start? Would you start Sterling in, in that false nine? Would you would you put Brozier in the team? Would you give him the opportunity to to show what he can do? Is it a game that you can even trust Brozier to to play in? You know, opening game of the season. Yes, he played at Southampton, but the pressure is slightly different now that he's, you know, he's at Chelsea. It's a different expectation as to playing at you know St Mary's. Yeah, I think I'd just go with Havertz, false nine, with Sterling and Mount, maybe either side of them potentially, mm. and then of a back five, the usual back five. Should I say the usual? We don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> we, it's not, we can't have so, that anymore. We haven't got really <laughs> No, we don't. So like, I, I would not be able to predict the lineup. I really wouldn't. If, if I had to, mm. if I had to, before we wrap up, I'd go for Reese James, yep. um, obviously Kulabali. Kulabali. I'd go, I'd go yep. for Thiago Silva, uh, Chalabar. That'd be my three centre-backs. I'd probably go with Marcus Alonso, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, just because of Chilwell just doesn't look fully fit to me. I think he needs to be sort of weaned into this uh, into this season. My midfield, uh, uh, no. Um, uh, I'd probably go with Kante, Kovacic. I think Gallagher's going to play some some yeah. role. I think Gallagher's going to, if he, I think Gallagher plays on Saturday. I don't know how or where. Um, but yeah, my front three would be the same as yours. But I do think Gallagher, I feel like Gallagher's proven that he's, 
he he deserves a chance to play um, at Chelsea. Gallagher and Kovacic in midfield, that's just full of energy. It is, but then it, it feels like it leaves us too open. And I think this is where I think Kovacic loves to get forwards and Gallagher kind of loves to do the same as well. You need a Kante or a Jorginho that can just sit in the middle and just... You need someone in that that middle. And this is why I think the system's going to change. I think we won't play three at the back anymore. I think we'll go back to a back four and it would probably just allow someone... You have your two two centre mids and then you'll have maybe a a holding CDM or whoever in the the middle, just behind them, just sitting there, just mopping up all the the messy stuff behind them. Hmm. Um, Five subs. Five subs, which will be good five for subs, us. Yeah, we've got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down somewhere so I don't forget. But yeah, five <laughs> subs, I think, will will definitely help as well to bring. You know, if we keep him, Billy Gilmore or Conor Gallagher or someone like that into the team as well. But before we quickly wrap up predictions, um, I'm gonna go one-one. I think it's gonna be a difficult game. I think they'll score first. I think we'll have to dig deep to get something out of it. I think Everton fans will be running on the pitch after <laughs> 93 minutes because they got a point. But what, what do you think? I think it's going to be a point as well. Yeah. Point shared, and I'm going to go with 2 2 there. 2 2. Open, open yeah. game. Yeah. Open game. Well, this isn't episode 64. This is episode 65. So, again, if you're listening on YouTube, make sure you go over to Spotify and click the follow button. You'll be notified of any podcast episodes and if you're on the spotify version of the podcast make sure you go to youtube smash the subscribe button and the like button um let us know your thoughts in the comments as well and give us your predictions as well going into that game opening game of the season theo as always thank you very much feels good to be back let's hope um let's hope we have a good season yeah last weekend's ruined by chelsea hopefully as well well, yeah, there was a couple of them. I, w- I was going to ask you for your sort of prediction where we'll finish, but I think we'll we'll give that we'll give that at the end of the transfer window. We'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see where we are with the players that we've got, and then we'll give our predictions then. But as always, thank you very much for joining me. Um, it's always a pleasure. Um, Fairy possessions are back after <laughs> a couple of um, couple of weeks off, but yeah, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of From the Shed End podcast. <laughs>